I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Space opening up for Georgia Stanway. Goes for goal! Welcome back to Upfront at the Euros. I'm Flo Lloyd-Hughes. I'm Chloe Morgan. And I'm Rachel O'Sullivan. Wow. England came from behind to beat Spain 2-1 last night and advanced to their fourth consecutive major tournament semi-final. Millie Bright was immense. Beegman subs rescued England's hopes. And Georgia Stanway, well, where do we start? We're going to relive that all and ask what needs to change going forward. Plus, we'll turn our attention to the next quarterfinal, Germany versus Austria tonight. I love how out of time we were there. That was amazing. You can tell that we're not in the same room. It was so out of sync. The Wi-Fi cannot handle it. Um... What a fucking night. That was a wild ride. Um, I didn't get to sleep until like, until like forever o'clock. Chloe basically hasn't been to Same. bed because she went and, and basically no. went, went, went into town, got a couple of cans. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, 
I don't even know where to just, I don't even know to, where to begin, guys. I'm kind of lost for words. I have to say, I mean, let's. I'll just say the scoreline in case any of you, any of you were asleep last night. But England Nibble defeating Spain, yeah, Jesus, yeah, England defeating Spain two one in the quarterfinal, doing it in extra time. Um, first things first. I had fully said goodbye to England's chances of winning this tournament. I had fully resigned to the fact that the dream was over. I was already crafting my, you know, what articles I was going to write about what Wiegmann had got wrong and, you know, what happened to this team. They looked like a shadow of them former selves. And the transformation, the comeback was unbelievable. I mean, Chloe, I know you're very hungover, so I purposely want to start with you. Thank you. That's um, really helpful. Because there's a reason you went out, out till 4.30am, because it was unbelievable. Well, um, I personally took it upon myself to celebrate like a lioness last <laughs> night and, um, and and celebrate I did. It was, um, I mean, I watched it in a, in a lovely um, law office in central London. And obviously it was a little bit more reserved because I was like, I don't want to, you know, completely show myself up here. But it exploded it popped off um i mean the celebrations i can't even cope i mean there's a part of me that feels really reluctant to dissect this game um in the in the, in the uh in the minutes of this um podcast because i just cannot cope with the stress and the heartache and the, and the initial heartbreak of what i thought was going to happen and then the comeback and the draw and the var and the it, it just it was everything you wanted in a game for the right reasons and also the wrong reasons. It the, the drama was exactly what you wanted. Um but yeah, it was um it was a painful it was a very painful game to watch as a uh, as an England fan because there were just moments that I thought, you know, uh whole coming home situation was uh, was was dying it, it but, was um, it was definitely did it. it was we definitely not it. going to be coming home at one point it was it was going very very far away um Rachel you were at the Amex I was at the Amex um I was slamming the table on the desk and the commentary gantry so hard I hurt my hand and I was sending the poor Spanish uh, woman from the Spanish broadcaster's social media phone like off the edge of the desk because I was slamming it so hard. I grabbed the volunteer's arm next to me and he like he, he I think he looked <laughs> to me like, who the fuck are you at when that Stanway goal went in? But you were shooting right there and I know you captured some unreal images of, of Tunair's goal, but like I want to hear what it was like for you on the ground and then we'll dissect the match a little bit. But I just like... the the. <sighs> It's it's hard for people who don't... I mean, everyone who listens to this podcast loves football too. So I don't need to explain to them what it means. But it is so hard to describe the adrenaline rush, what you feel inside of you when you witness something like we witnessed last night. And that is why we love this game. But tell us about what it was like pitch side. <laughs> I had an awful time. I didn't enjoy, like, the majority of... I didn't enjoy, like, 119 minutes of that game. Uh, I felt sick the whole time. Uh, Thank God I wasn't actually shooting for anybody specific because by extra time, I was kind of, like, crouched down with my head practically in my knees, just like, no, I can't can't be watching this. Like, it was great. Obviously amazing. I, like you, resigned myself to the fact that we were going out. I was like, could see the headlines. I was like, this tournament is going to take the, like, excitement and buzz out of this tournament. Like, they're going to get destroyed in the media. And uh, 
yeah, by uh, the the equalizer was just incredible. But the fact that we then had to go through another thirty minutes, I thought I was going to have a stomach ulcer by the end of the game. <laughs> and I was surrounded by other photographers who didn't really seem that phased. And there was me, like every time, like cheering and like not capturing George's goal because I was too busy being like, oh my God. And then remembering that I'm wearing a photographer's bib and I'm working and I'm meant to be professional. But no, I genuinely questioned my career choice last night. Um, I thought, why did we put ourselves through this? Uh, and then we had the elation of the win. So yeah, it was an absolute roller coaster of emotions. And I woke up this morning and the first thing I said, Sophie goes, we're into the semi-final. And I was like, it was fucking horrendous. <laughs> um, so let, it let's was a, go. a very stressful time. Let's go back then to to what went down um, because there is a reason that a lot of us felt sick to our stomach and that's because England were not playing very well. Um, Spain had their number. Turned up. Jorge Jorge Vilda, um, you know, to give him his credit for a large part of the game. I think he made some substitutions which killed Spain in the end, but for large parts of the game, Vilda got his tactics absolutely spot on. They shut down England on the on the wings and the channels which we know is one of the biggest ways that England try and hurt teams they pressed England so so intensely that they suffocated them stopped them getting quick balls out and they forced England to play very slowly very sluggishly and they they stressed them out they stressed them out and I think they did so well to to kill the atmosphere for the first like 60 minutes of the game to make England tense, to make them nervous. And that's why we all felt the way we did, right? That's why we'd all kind of like say goodbye to the dream because Spain shut them down and go in at half time. They come out the other side of half time. Um, and uh, about 10 minutes later, Spain get their goal through Gonzalez. Rachel Daly dives in on that left-hand side and she was getting tortured all night. Athena del Castillo comes on as well and is just destroying her. Spain get their goal. There's 35 minutes left to go and England don't like, look like they're finding a way back into this game. And then we see Serena Vigman do what she does best, a roll of the dice. Alicia Russo, she came on, I think, just after Spain scored their goal, didn't she? Ellen White hadn't had a good mm-hmm. game, so so that was, I think, justified. To be fair, Ellen White and Fran Kirby could not get on the ball. No. Spain absolutely suppressed them entirely and they could not get on the ball. So while I would say they didn't have a great game, I also think that's down to Spain. Yeah, I think the problem with Ellen White is is that she is more static. So you, you're not going to get the movement and and she, you know, that you get with Russo and she, and Russo is so good at dropping back and supporting her teammates and roughing things up a little bit. But we see Vigman do the the Russo substitution and then the triple sub. Chloe Kelly comes on, Ella Toon comes on, um, and Alex Greenwood after after Rachel Daly's been absolutely tortured comes on. And Chloe, right, let me ask you, when those substitutions came on, did you think England had a chance to spin this game on its head? Be be real with me. Be real with me. Don't 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 say you did if you didn't. Be real with me. I 
I will never not be real with you, Flo. I mean, th- that was shown in the previous pod. Um, we had some disagreements. We're over it now. We're back in the room. Because um, we won. Because we won the poll. Um, I really, th- I, I mean, I, I, Serena's done it every single game. Um, and she's brought in, you know, some incredible impact players there. They're young, they're pacey, they cause all kinds of threats at, at the front. And I think, you know, that that's what we really needed to inject that into the game. You can see that there were a few tired legs out there. And um, as soon as they came on, it felt like there was a new renewed energy in the squad. And, you know, the impact that they did made was absolutely crucial and significant. And, um, yeah, I'm just so, so, so happy for the, uh, the Man United pair. I mean, I just, um, the love that I have for them and the love they have for each other, I think will, um, yeah, that will live with me forever. I, um, I'm carrying that moment in my heart. The kids are all right, man. Like, that was, <laughs> that's what Sophie said last night. Georgia, uh, Tune, uh, Alessia, Tune. they all grew up together from like uh, under 17s. And here they are, quarterfinal stage, rescuing England. Um, I, I was genuinely like Spain suddenly turned up to Euro 2022 welcome um, and England just seemed to not have a like they couldn't problem solve on the pitch during that match um, and like Spain absolutely ran them ragged had their I, I have to say um, Jorge Vilda got his tactics spot on in for the majority of the 90 minutes um, in that they nullified the wingers as you said Flo um, and I was worried. I just, there was a moment where England had like three shots in succession and they were blocked, blocked and then missed. And I was, I remember thinking, that's it. Like, if that's not going to go in, I was, it's going to be one of those nights. Um, and yeah, God, Alessia and Tooney pair, Tooney pair up. And it was amazing. Like the atmosphere in the ground, I don't know if it came across as well on TV. Um, I didn't know we had a tune chant. I didn't know England had like, chance for players this did, is the did whole you thing not, we were saying see, this like, is we thing, need chance for all the individual players because after the Norway game I spoke to Ella Toon in the mix zone because she came on in the Norway game and everyone went Toon and I was like when that happened did you think people were booing you and she was like to be honest I wasn't even paying attention but I was like I hope you don't realise that people are saying that because they love you and they're not trying to boo you but that was the same again yesterday it was just like Toon as soon as she was coming in it's like people know she's <clears> going to do something special right but no, they had another one, and it was like duh, 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 tune, duh, duh. Oh, I didn't <laughs> hear that. Tune. And I was like, oh, this... like, did you not hear that? Because no. it sounded like they were going ooh, but I realised they were actually going tune. And I was like, who taught them this? Like, when did they get together and decide that they were going to do this this chant together? It was awesome. I was yeah. I turned to the people next to me. I was like, I didn't know we had like player chants. This is so cool. <laughs> also, I mean, we have to talk about we have to talk about Mary Up save goalkeepers union Chloe because she made an unreal save him. from D- Dale Castillo who was torturing Rachel Daly on that on that right hand side and it was like a cross shot but if that had gone in at 1-0 that was like you know checkmate sign seal delivered Spain through how unreal was Mary Epps' save at that point in the game that goal would have been a nail in the coffin. Um, and I think it wasn't just that save, but it was the calmness and composure that I've seen Mary Earps display, not only in that game, but in all the previous games. And I think, um, yeah, she's, she's obviously not been called into action so much in the previous three games. Some incredible saves in sporadic periods, but she has been phenomenal. Stable, solid, confident. Uh, the communication's been on point. When she's been called into action, she's done everything perfectly. I don't think she's put a foot out of place um, in this game or, or for most of the tournament. 
And um, that save there, I mean, that was difficult because that wasn't supposed to be um, a goal. It looked like a bit of a fluky half-cross type situation. And the way it floated in, I thought, oh, God, it's gone right over her head. But the quick feet that she showed, dropping back in, getting the fingertips to it, and credit also to, to Millie Bright for following that up because even though, obviously, Earps managed to claw out the goal, Millie Bright was there following up with that ball because it, it would have been a, an easy tap-in. So, yeah, credit to the both of them. And... Um, yeah, there were some sort of easier moments in the game for, for Earps, but technically she was completely spot on and she's been one of my heroes of the tournament so far. And it felt like to me that, I mean, I didn't see Ella Toon's goal coming to bringing them back into the game and it felt like that was their first real chance of the game, but it was all they needed. And then suddenly from that point on, Rachel, everything changed. It just took the life out of Spain. And then they just couldn't claw the game back. And I think that wasn't helped by some of the substitutions that Bilder made. But there was it felt like there was no way back after that moment. I also, yeah, you, you kind of saw it summed up on the, the sideline, on the bench, when sub-goalkeeper like, lost her fucking mind because she was mm. convinced that Russo had fouled Paredes, which... Shut up. No, she hadn't. Even though they're all <laughs> talking about that in the post-match. Paredes, if you want to talk about VAR, should have been red-carded against Germany. So... You know, had VAR done its job, she wouldn't have been playing that much last night. Um, anyway, moving onwards. Uh, yeah, I think that kind of summed up like what happened after that goal went in. Like there was just like a whole flurry of activity on the sideline. The, the game didn't restart quickly, and it was almost like England were like, "Okay, we've got this. We've gotten under their skin." And I think Spain let it get under their skin, which, you know, not that it surprised me, but that's what they were f- so focused on the fact they were like that shouldn't have been a goal because you know. I don't know why they thought they could see that clearer than anybody else on the on the pitch who were far closer to the actual action. Um, and yeah, I think that just kind of summed up what happened with Spain. They just they got under under their skin. Ina were like, okay, foot in the gas here. We're gonna take this extra time. We're gonna take the match. Like Leah Williamson said, she did not think Ina were gonna lose that match. I mean, Jesus Christ, she could have told us for <laughs> that first 84 minutes it would have been nice to know um, so we didn't have to have that stress but yeah there was a confidence that England seemed to lack for the, the better part of the match came out after that goal um, and I wish they bloody play like that all the time I think um, I got really nervous when I was looking at when they kept panning over to um, Serena and Serena, I don't think I've ever seen her look so nervy, so scared, so worried and anxious in my entire life. And I think when Serena's up having an absolute fear, I know something is not going to plan and this is not going our way. Um, But I also want to give her massive credit as well, because I think um, obviously going into extra time, 1-1, it's a difficult situation. You don't know how the game's going to pan out for the next 30 minutes. It's a big ask for all the players to find that in themselves and dig deep to get that win. And you could tell when they panned over to that team talk, it looked beautiful. The energy there, it looked positive. It looked um, you know, impassioned. It looked vigoured. And I think a lot of that was coming from whatever Serena was saying. I would have loved to have been a part of that team talk because it's. Um, I might need that to see me through the rest of this day, to be honest. Um, but it was crazy. Yeah, it was. it was magic. Important context as well. We haven't seen England concede in this tournament until that game. And it's only the second time that England have even conceded or or, or been behind. Sorry, it's only, it's, it's only the second time they've been behind since Wiegmann came in. That that game against the Netherlands when they came back on 1-5-1 was the, was, was the other game in which they conceded first. I mean, what uh, what a bit of resilience. We get this goal from Stanway that just, I mean, 
it just took the roof off the Amex. Like, it just exploded that place because I don't think anyone really saw it coming because we know that momentum was with England at that stage in the game. Um, but there was something about that goal that uh, epitomised the whole situation because you had England with the energy and the quality in that point in the game. Stanway picks up the ball and the tired legs of, of Spain just desert themselves. They just back off, they back off, they back off, they back off. And then Stanway just launches this unbelievable shot into the top, top right-hand corner and you just think, oh my God, is this is this real life? And thank God it rescued us from the reality of penalties as well because I could not have done that. Um, but no. the real question, one of the really important Stop. questions, and I feel like... Rachel, you can give us the answer because you were down there on the pitch. Adam on Twitter has asked, did Stanway shout fucking have it or fucking get in? Any, can anyone give us an answer on this? Because I don't know. <laughs> I wish I could answer that. I was the complete opposite end of the pitch. No. Uh, and I was too busy turning around, looking at the crowd, just being like, holy shit, like this crowd. It just like the feeling that kind of, to feel that at a, a, a an England game, I didn't think we'd get that kind of like, passion it was just unreal and I saw a video from Box Park I think in Croydon um, of them watching the match when that goal went in and I was just a load of lads a load of lads like throwing their beers like jumping around the pub and you're just like oh okay this is this is like the moment and I hate I hate being like women's football's growing stuff but like when you see scenes like that you're just like this is just epic this is epic um, so I'm afraid I don't know the answer to the, that question but I'm sure Chloe, she said one of those because she you, was well up for it after that goal. Chloe, you were watching on telly. I can't so. tell you. Um, I'm going to say fucking get in um, as a <laughs> we'll you know, do poll. I think that's probably We'll do what another she poll. Said. This time it, yeah, will let's be, do a poll. it will be less I think, um, spicy and angry, but we'll do another poll. Don't be bitter, Flo. It is what it is. <laughs> the people have spoken. Um, you know, I've got to agree with you, Flo. That kind of came out of bloody nowhere. And for me, I was thinking, when I was seeing Spain back off and back off and back off, I was thinking, you can't be giving that kid that much space. And then she launches a rocket. And also, you've got to be really careful as a goalkeeper because those balls, they've got like divoted or like divots and riveted edges. Mm. And the flight of them, if you give them enough power in them, it swerves and it took it away into the top corner. And the goalkeeper had absolutely bloody no chance. But it was exactly what we needed. I mean, we needed something beautiful. We, meet, we needed a moment of magic and she completely delivered. I think my only criticism of that goal, and it's a very minor one, is that it came so early in extra time oh, that God. we had so long left to just game manage and keep it that way. And that was that was the only downside for me, Georgia. If you could have left that until a little bit later on, <laughs> I, I think know. Um, and then that would have eased everyone's minds. The worst thing is then you've got like, I wish they did like a golden goal style where like at the end of that first half of extra time it was like okay we don't need to play the second half of extra time now guys that's it we're yeah, done now I, I said the exact same thing at half time <laughs> it's just like it's brutal having to go through that here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra 
and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. What's mad as well, I think, is is like that that marks yet another knockout game at the Euros that Spain haven't won. And on this pod and on a few other pods and bits of content, I have been so confident about this England team smashing Spain. So not only was I worried about it not coming home, but I was also worried about my own credibility <laughs> after going so hard on mm. on England smashing them. But it is it is wild how such a good team who played England off the park for a large majority of that game last night is still yet to really like finesse and get what it takes to win in knockout tournament football, Rachel. I mean, where, where does Spain go from here before we get into the diagnosis of England and looking ahead to the semi-final, what went wrong and changes, etc. Like, what about Spain? Because there's been criticism of Jorge Vilda, but last night, they look good. Yeah, credit where it's due. I thought Spain were excellent last night, got their tactics right. I thought um, Bon Mati and uh, Mappy Leon, like, they've just been a joy to get to watch live in this tournament. Um, they were absolutely excellent. Bon Mati was just pulling the strings in midfield. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't start Del Castillo because last time England played Spain at the Arnold Clark Cup, she terrorised Lucy Bronze. She was player um, she of the tournament just impact. based off that performance, yeah. basically. Yeah. So I'm surprised he didn't start her. Um, but I think, I mean, to be fair, Spain are looking a hell of a lot better than they, they were in the previous major tournament they've been in. And you do have to factor in that they they are missing two very, very key players. I think if uh, Piteas and Hermoso had been in this squad, um, Spain potentially would have done better. Um, I also think you do have to look at the tactics. I think not kind of insisting on not playing a traditional number nine throughout the tournament hasn't helped. And I think, you know, that's not great for your confidence to have a group stage like you had. Um, you could have been a lot more comfortable in that group stage. Um, but they were excellent last night. I thought it's a shame they didn't play like that throughout the tournament because that was what we were expecting from Spain. Um, and I think once Piteas and Hermoso are back, they'll start banging in the goals. That's what's missing is finishing chances. Um, because I think yesterday showed that they were... We'd, we'd questioned their defence and actually their defence was, was pretty great yesterday. So, um, yeah, I think it's just that last little piece of the puzzle. Uh, and I just think it was very unfortunate that they had those two injuries before the tournament. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, last night I'm calling it the Spanish Armada because it was just a torrent of attack. It was wave and wave of attack and it really put me on bloody edge. And I think, um, you know, I had a, look, a quick look over on the uh, on the stats and if you take away the, the scoreline, I mean, 
on paper, Spain were looking like the absolute top favourites because, you know, 58% of the possession, they had 17 shots on target, 643 pass completion. So they won. They beat us on every single stats with that shot, shots on targets, possession and passes. But they didn't convert. They, they didn't capitalise on some of the chances. They lost they on the conversion quite... rates, if you look it's at that, that percentage, yeah. It's absolutely that. And um, and I think we saw a real revival of the, the Spain that we know, that we expected to enter this competition, come back because it was very kind of, um, you know, one-two touch football, strong attacking presence, putting England under pressure. But... Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, it's too late. I think that that's why I think the result last night was a fair one because I don't think Spain have really entered this competition um, as a strong side. So I think, um, yeah, I think the quarterfinals for them is um, the what they deserve. I, I, that sounds a bit um, bit savage. You think you think that's about par for them at the moment? I mean, I don't know, man. I just I, that that game was so wild. I can't decide because I think Spain was so good and England were for large chunks of the game, really bad. But at the same time, if you can't kill a team and punish them when they're down, like Spain had the opportunity to do, then really you are, you are, you don't deserve to be in that next stage of the tournament because you, you don't have what it takes. I saw on Twitter, um, I saw these clips of um, Paredes and Caldente uh, kind of saying, banging on about, the reason England are through is because the ref was poor. I mean, they're right, the ref was poor. Um, letting them away with a huge number of um, fouls. But um, I was looking at the comments underneath and like translating, Twitter translating, because I wanted to see what kind of Spanish fans thought of it. And someone said, basically, passing around a team doesn't win you games. Like, yeah, it looks nice and it looks like good football. But if you're not scoring goals, you're not going to win a match. So, you know... If Spain had scored more goals, they would have won and put away their chances. So there is that kind of distress of the type of football they play when you're the the person watching them do that around your team. It's very stressful. But at the end of the day, put in the back of the net. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. this is a team that only just made it out of group stages when we look at it realistically. So I do think the quarterfinals is a fair result. And, you know, when they were sort of panning around the, the, the stadium after uh, after the game had ended and how the, the Spanish players were in bits, they were tears, they were sobbing, they were absolutely just distraught. But I think um, there's got to be some inward reflection, I think, about how the tournament's been from them. That's the best that we've seen them play. They've not really brought them full, their full selves for the entire tournament. So Yeah, it's, um, I mean, we know with Spanish football, from the men's and women's teams, from that identity, from the possession-based football, you know, the the lack of being able to score goals is always going to be their downfall. And it was, you know, it was ever thus last night again. And, you know, that they need to be clinical. And I think I think the problem is Jorge Vilda hasn't helped them achieve that with some of his decision-makings. We finally got to see Ima Sariegi. She exists. She, she is alive. Um... And uh, she was brilliant for the last... My mum said, why did Spain uh, decide to play their best player only in the last 10 minutes? I asked the same question, mum. I asked the same question. Um, but let's go back to England because uh, what a sensational night. We have to shout out Millie Bright, player of the match, and also for the way that she lifted up Serena Vigman at full time. Miriam Walker-Khan got a little oh clip of this that she tweeted out. That was amazing. And it is just the, one of the funniest videos. And Serena Vigman said afterwards in the press conference um she was like oh yeah I went I went crazy at the end like I kind of lost my mind and we don't normally see that from her because she is quite calm but 
I think everyone got a little bit carried away last night and oh, it's going to be really important that they kind of, you know, manage to control themselves a little bit. I doubt many of those players slept last night because it was just such a kind of explosive, emotional moment. It's hard not to get carried away, but I, I'm hoping, Rachel, they'll be able to kind of like channel that uh, and take it forward for Sweden or Belgium, seeing where it goes. Yeah, I think so. I think what we're seeing is that they're being allowed to express themselves after their matches. And I think that's good because it kind of helps them release all that energy that they've built up during the match. And then they come back and they'd say, OK, right, you know, back to business now. I think it's really good that they allow them to do that. They go and enjoy it with the fans. They've got thousands and thousands of fans coming out to see them um, and they're allowed to kind of express it. And I think that's really good. Um, I think had England battered Spain it wouldn't have been that as the same level of reaction I think the fact that we were played off the park for the majority of the game and we still got the win it just released something else like it just yeah I think there was a huge element of disbelief within the squad not disbelief as in they didn't believe in themselves but the fact that they that they went through all of that and they turned it around um so yeah I think they'll very much be back down to earth I think they will rein it in but I like that they're allowed to express themselves and I love Serena Beekman She's oh, just I'm in love the with most, her. like seeing her celebrate with all the individual players after the match, going up to them, there's some great pictures of her like roaring at players, pulling them in for hugs. Yeah, she's just unreal, isn't she? We have to talk about Alessia Russo because uh, Lorenzo Let's. has tweeted saying, has Russo now done enough to earn her place in the starting lineup? Uh, and I replied straight away saying, yes, next question. Sue, shout out Sue, absolutely legend. We know, massive fan of the show. Would Russo have the same impact from minute one? I've been asking myself the same question, Sue, and I think the answer is yes, in my opinion. Um, so we talked about it last time, guys, and we said that I said that she should, but Wiegmann wouldn't. Wiegmann obviously didn't. But Chloe, she's got to start against Sweden or Belgium. Come on. She's got to, but she won't. Um, you still think, think she won't? Uh, I mean, obviously, we s- I still think she won't. I think, um, I mean, Serena's shown time and time again that consistency is her big mantra, and um, I don't think she's going to change things up. I mean, we've just seen how she's set up for, you know, a, one of our toughest competition yet, our toughest challenges yet, and we're going into another massively tough challenge. Um, I mean, I'm assuming it's maybe, probably going to be Sweden, dare I say it. <laughs> I think we all are. Um, <laughs> it, anything could happen in this tournament. Happy to be correct but, on that. Yeah, yeah, I will uh, be eating my words on the, uh, the Sunday pod. Uh, and that'd be amazing. If Belgium make it through, we're facing Belgium in the semi-finals, all for it. Absolutely all for it. Another big night out. Um, however, I just, I don't think she's going to change things up. I think um, Russo has shown time and time again that she's a fantastic impact player. And I think um, she thrives on that kind of game-changing mentality. She's got this set like set limit, the set period of time to be able to go in, impact a game. And I think it's um, I think it's that that actually drives her. It'd be interesting to see what her kind of um, thoughts and feelings are and whether she actually wants to start. Because I do think she... Um, she gets a buzz of coming in and saving the day. And, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, she's a hero and I'm all for it. I agree. I'm not sure Serena will make changes, but I can fully understand the argument to start Russo. Then the other side of me thinks, is it worth taking the risk to see, will she have the same impact just from start like in a semi-final? Like, you know what she will give you when she comes on as a sub. It's such a hard one because you should be rewarding players for playing well and Russo's playing well. But the other side of me then is like, do we want to say, let's give it a go and then in semi-final go, ah, no, 
she's a better impact sub <laughs> then like you don't want to be regretting it it's hard because mm. I, it's she's amazing either yeah. way and um I, I'd be happy if she starts and I'd be happy if she came off the bench, to be honest. Yeah, and I think um, just to add to that, I mean, if you're going to start Russo, you've got to start Toon with her. It's just that uh, <laughs> they come as a pair. So, um, you know, where are they going to fit into the squad if, if both of them start the games? That's uh, that's the big question, Sue. Well, that's what... That's what I was going to say. There is so much food for, for thought because Dominique also asked us, would you consider starting Ella Toon over Kirby in the next game? And... That is a position that I highlighted that I wanted Ella Toon in from, you know, the start of this tournament. And that isn't necessarily because of anything Kirby, Frank Kirby has or hasn't done because we know how good she is and she's already proven to us in that brilliant goal against Northern Ireland what she can do out of nowhere. But there is just something special about Ella Toon at the moment. So I personally... I don't know. I I might do that in the next game. I don't know. It's because you just don't you don't want to use up all your all your jokers in the pack too early. So maybe the maybe the tune over Kirby thing is a little bit too crazy. But certainly I am Russo over over Ellen White a hundred percent. I love Ellen White. I'm such a big fan. But I think right now in this tournament, what we need is Alicia Russo. One last quick one as well because there is so much you know to think about going forward. Rachel Daly had a torrid time last night. Alex Greenwood came on and shored things up. Do we think the left back uh, position is Greenwood. now hers, Rachel? I thought she was excellent when she came on. Um, and I thought Rachel Daly's had a great tournament, but she had a really tough time uh, last night, and that happens. Um, but yeah, I think Greenwood's probably pre- feeling pretty confident, um, and I'd probably start her. Yeah. I again, I don't think she will. I, I don't think I don't think she will change things up. I, I agree that Greenwood was absolutely phenomenal when she came on, but I think Daly has also been phenomenal in this tournament. And um, yeah, I mean, she can definitely have a sort of bit of reflection moment about the uh, the first Spanish goal that that did come from from one of her errors. But then it also was preceded by uh, a number of errors, not picking up people in the box and. Um, and, and yeah, and also Millie Bright made an error there. She was stood directly behind Mary Earps instead of covering the, the other section of the goal. So there are a few errors that led up to that game. So I don't think we can, you know, say that, you know, Daly was the, the reason that we were in this situation in the first place. And no. she was also key in all the, the preceding games. So I still think she deserves to start. Um, and I think it's also difficult as a player when you know that maybe your performance hasn't been great. What you want to do is jump straight back on the uh, straight, jump straight back on the horse and, and correct those mistakes. And, and I think that will only inspire her to put in a better performance if she does start because I think she knows that she's got to maybe make up for a few uh, a few areas in this game. We we saw a few players hobble off after a very brutal 120 minutes, Lauren Hemp being one of them and uh, and Kira Walsh, but uh, Serena Bigman did say afterwards that she thinks Kira's fine. It wasn't an injury, it was like, you know, the 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 exhaustion cramp. And, and cramp. Yeah, that was the word. I was looking for cramp. So, fingers crossed mm-hmm. she'll be okay. Um we are going to preview the the semi-final, whoever it may be, Sweden or Belgium, on Tuesday. So we're definitely going to get into this a little bit more. And please keep your questions coming through because we had so many brilliant questions last night. It was so great to party with you all on social media. That is my favourite thing about Twitter. No matter all the dark stuff we get on there sometimes, you cannot beat that collective experience and uh, you know what it's like watching football together and talking about it on Twitter. There is nothing that gets better than that. That's but we cute, do have another man. quarterfinal. on the cards straight away Um, Germany versus Austria tonight in Brentford I think some of the Ramble crew are going to be there I think lots of you are going to be there as well of course Um, this is quite a tasty one because although I think we've been really impressed by Germany Austria as England found out as lots of other teams have found out too they are 
damn hard to break down and they are going to be wanting to you know spoil a little old rivalry as well agreed um you know when i looked at that initially i thought okay germany are through uh very much depends how they approach this game they might think we've got the easy draw um austria are dogged austria love a challenge you know you saw them in that norway game uh, and they were like, everyone's going to think we're getting beaten by this team. Let's show them. Um, and you're absolutely right. Very, very difficult to break down. If they can get a couple of goals, this could be a very tasty match. On the flip side, Germany could come out and be an absolute powerhouse. So, um, yeah, this is going to be a good one. I think it's going to be a good game. I, I agree. I think um, Austria are going to put up an absolute fight here, but I do think uh, Germany are going to are going to pip it. I do think they're you know they're the clear favourites for this game, and and I I don't think it's going to cause them too much hassle. Um, yeah, we've seen strong performances of them in uh, in the in the group stages, and I think that will probably carry through. I don't I don't see this being that much of a concern for them. I think I think a bit like I think a bit like the England Spain game. I think if if Germany don't score early then they could have a problem. But if they score early, that's it. That's the game done. So it'll be interesting to see yeah. what happens because I feel yeah. like I feel like Austria, Austria could do well to hold them, but they're gonna Germany are going to be searching for that killer blow quite early. And they are just so damn clinical. Kind of scares me though, because even if England... It's so efficient. Even if England get through that semi-final, if they're playing one of Germany or France, mum, I'm so scared. Um, right, uh, let's uh, wrap things up because... Um, Chloe's really hung over and she had about three hours sleep. Rachel's had about three hours sleep. I've had about three hours sleep and there's more football Apologies coming at us for how we look. tonight. <laughs> um, hopefully producer Charlie posts no video content from this episode because we all look horrendous. Yeah, um, it's horrendous. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to Upfront. If you've got any questions, please tweet us at Football Ramble, at Floyd Tweet for myself, at Girls on the Ball for Rachel, at Moggy underscore 89. We'll be back on the Ramble feed again on Wednesday after England's semi-final. Yes, semi-final. Uh, we're going to have reaction as well to the rest of the quarterfinals on the Football Ramble Presents feed. So please come on down and join us, team. Upfront is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.